2: I'm James Rapine, and this is the Locked On Bengals podcast on a Thursday. It is great to be with you and a ton to get to, including Dave Lapham, Jordan Willis. You're going to hear from newest Bengal, Adolphus Washington, and you're also going to get an injury update today. Plus, it's our last podcast, well, until Sunday with our postgame, which means that you're going to get... A complete and perfect and awesome prediction. Right now, I'm one and two on Bengals predictions. And now, with AJ Green set to play, spoiler alert. I may have changed my mind when it comes to this game. I'll get to my prediction coming up as well. Uh, Just a a quick reminder, if you're new to this podcast, we're the only Daily Bengals podcast out there. So if you want your Daily Bengals fix, whether you live in Cincinnati or not, Locked on Bengals is the podcast for you. You can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, the iHeartRadio app, every single podcast posted at LockedOnBengals.com. And I wrote about John Ross. You've heard me talk a lot about John Ross this week. I wrote about Marvin Lewis's approach with John Ross, and I think it is worth your time. That entire thing posted at LockedOnBengals.com, so you can check that out there. Uh, It's great to be with you today. Um, Dave Lapham coming up in a few minutes. I I do want to discuss Adolphus Washington, and then you're going to hear from Jordan Willis. Adolphus Washington was a former um he's a Cincinnati native but he's a former uh, and a graduate of Taft I was going to say a, a former member of the Taft football team but he's a graduate of Taft uh, a high school here in Cincinnati if you're not familiar with Cincinnati so he's a Cincinnati native went to Ohio State was a third round draft pick by the Buffalo Bills and uh in 2016 and he got released on September 10th started last year for them um, I, I guess it was just a numbers game where he made the final roster and then that was it. Got plucked uh, by the Cowboys practice squad. And then the moment the Bengals had an injury to Ryan Glasgow, who was playing really well, Adolphus was signed. And Marvin Lewis said yesterday in his press conference, I'm not going to play it for you. But he said basically, yeah, I, I had his name circled as a guy that if he gets cut, we'd be interested in. He said he's known Adolphus Washington since 2010 when he was at Taft. So, I mean, it's been a long, long time that that he's known him. And uh, he was teammates with Billy Price at Ohio State. He was teammates with Preston Brown and Cordy Glenn in Buffalo. He was teammates with Sam Humbert at Ohio State. So he knows uh, some of these guys in the Bengals' locker room. And here's Adolphus Washington on joining the Bengals and playing for his hometown team. You
0: know, it's just that 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 sense of home, you know what I mean? Like they always say, there's no place like home, man. I just feel I felt comfortable the minute I stepped in here. Was that the I guess determining factor for you? Was was the comfort level of, of coming here and, and being able to contribute?
2: Uh yeah,
0: I mean they, they they said they needed somebody to come in and help right away and you know I jumped on it, you know, especially to come on like you like I said play for my hometown team, it's journey to come true. Think you can play Sunday? Yeah, yeah. I think I'll be ready to play Sunday.
2: And I think he might have to play Sunday. That's Adolphus Washington with members of the media in the Bengals locker room yesterday. I think he might have to. And if he has to play Sunday, it's going to be important. Because I think one key to Sunday is stopping the run. Because the last thing you want to do, and I don't think Devonta Freeman's going to play, but the last thing you want to do is give the Falcons a run game at home, and then they can spread you out and throw it all over the field. I mean, that's how you give up 40. If the Falcons can run the ball, they're going to score 40 40 points on the Bengals. So that's something the Bengals certainly want to avoid. Uh, I caught up with Jordan Willis in the Bengals locker room. Let's get to that conversation. I thought it was – it's very interesting to me. Jordan Willis is a guy who's kind of under the radar when it comes to that Bengals defensive line. Sam Hubbard certainly – on everyone's radar with his performance through three games in his rookie season so I started off by asking Jordan about Sam Hubbard and what he likes about the rookie
0: oh I mean he's done some good things um I think the biggest thing is when you come in as a rookie and if you if you do good things I mean obviously in OTAs and camp um a role is created for you so you you know you do a good job for you get a role and once you get a role it's a little bit easier to accomplish certain things so I think that's the biggest thing for him and um he's been getting opportunities every week. Um we we got a D coordinator and a, you know coaches that that like rotating the defensive
2: line so that gives everybody the opportunity to make plays and do stuff. What does that rotation do for you and is it beneficial?
0: Um I think it's beneficial. Um I mean, <laughs> you know, it's better than I mean, I know last year, you know, there'd be you know, sometimes probably I, I would go like maybe 15 20 plays on the sideline so um, now it's like it's a quicker roll so everybody's getting more and more opportunities
2: to to be out there what is the loss of of ryan glasgow due to this defensive line
0: oh uh, i think that's uh more of a question for Gino, but obviously Gino doesn't have the the backup that he he used to have i mean we uh, obviously they brought in um a guy um but i mean we just have to wait and see what happens. I mean, it does change some of the dynamics of the defensive line um, because they had, like, there was a rotation there, and now it, it comes down to the other guy having to learn what's going on and, um, and will he be able to give the same relief
2: as um, Ryan Glasgow did. A few more questions in the Bengals locker room with Jordan Willis. Where are you right now? versus where you were a year ago. Obviously, you were impressive as a rookie. I think a lot of people uh, were excited to see you play and what you did last season. But where's your game now?
0: Um, It's improved. I mean, um, of course, you want to make more plays and things like that. But the first things first with what's going on, you got to make the plays that come to you. Um, You know, you got to do your job, make the plays that come to you. And then through time, um, there, more opportunity will come my way to be able to make more plays. I mean, whether it's sacks or tackles for loss, of course, you want to make the big plays, but there's a lot that goes into that. Um, you know, it's like friends like sacks, there's one, maybe one to five opportunities a game that a guy will get a sack. Last week we had one sack and Dunlap got it. Um, but then again, there's a lot of guys on the line. You know, you only thing I can do is work my moves and win my rushes and if that's the opportunity where the 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 quarterback's holding the ball then I'll get the sack or if the ball is you know um running backs running front side he cuts back and then I got to do physical trail and then I got to make that tackle so you just got to make the plays that are presented to you
2: and then hopefully through time more and more will come your way we're talking with Jordan Willis in the Bengals locker room as far as Terrell Austin obviously it's his first year as defensive coordinator what's different with this defense now what has he brought to the table to change things
0: um of course there are different plays and you know a little a little bit of a different scheme but I'm just going to speak to the differences from last year this year there's a lot more rotation up front um and I mean that's pretty much the biggest change that I know is just there's just a lot of there's a lot more there's a lot of confidence in what's out there on the field like there's nine defensive
2: linemen and they're confident in all nine of them to be on the field and they go make plays you obviously have the Atlanta Falcons this week. They have a high-powered offense. What have you seen from them on film, watching them, and the challenges they present to you as a defensive lineman?
0: Um, um, they have, um, I don't know, guess what you call the front side press zone or whatever you want to call it. Just the way they their blocking scheme is set up, you have to be good on the front side with knocking back, you know, the line. Then on the backside, you got to do a good job of closing down the line and maybe making the tackles from the backside. Like, right, and you can't get cut from the backside. And then to keep you honest, I and mean, they do a bunch of boots and stuff like that to keep you honest. They'll do some split zone, where they bring the tight end out to kick out the defensive end. So you just got to be prepared for all of that. And I'm of course getting 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 good pass rush, which you know, pass rush doesn't mean always getting sacks. It just means affecting the quarterback. So I mean, they, they I mean, obviously. The, a lot of teams try to run a similar offense to them, but they they have good athletes behind the offense. So, I mean, obviously it presents a unique challenge to us, but we just get to, I mean, play the run, uh, make sure we're not getting cut down from the backside, knocking it back on the front side, be prepared for the change-ups, the boots, and the split zone, and then just, you know, executing the rush plan on third down. Jordan, I appreciate the time. Good luck against the Land. <laughs> yep, thank you
2: that's Jordan Willis in the Bengals locker room well-spoken guy I like talking with him really easy going you can tell he pauses and thinks about your question and uh yeah I like talking to him I, I think this defensive line has got to get it going this week they're going to have to hit Matt excuse me they're going to have to hit Matt Ryan and hit Matt Ryan and hit Matt Ryan and hit Matt Ryan, hit Matt Ryan some more Jordan Willis is a part of that. Carl Lawson has to be a part of that. Carlos Dunlap, obviously a part of that. Geno Atkins, Andrew Billings. All these guys, they're going to have to step up. They're going to have to dictate it. And I think Preston Brown could potentially play this week. It feels like he's going to play this week. The only two players that uh, missed, uh, excuse me, three players that missed, uh, Joe Mixon and Billy Price missed practice today. Drake Kirkpatrick missed with a groin-slash-back injury which could be potentially worrisome. Who knows with Dre? Um, a lot of you are probably cheering, but the, the reality is is Dre is still the team's third-best corner. And uh, Two players limited today, Cordy Glenn with a knee, Giovanni Bernard with a thigh. Full participants, this is good news. Preston Brown, A.J. Green, Michael Johnson, Tyler Croft, Tyler Eifert, Darquez, Denard. So we might see Preston Brown back. We might see Michael Johnson back. And uh, that defense certainly needs all the help it can get after what happened last week against the Carolina Panthers. I'm James Erpine. This is the Locked on Bengals podcast. And up next, my conversation with Dave Lapham. We discuss AJ Green, John Ross, so much more. This is a, uh, I caught up with him yesterday on ESPN 1530. This is a 25 minute conversation with Dave Lapham. It does not get any better. And yet afterwards, like after I said bye, I was like, man, I could have talked to him for another two hours. So that coming up in just a second. But first, a word from my bookie. Because who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. That's why I tell my people to bet with my bookie. They are your best bet this season. They've been in business for years. They have great reviews online. And their mobile site, it's easy and convenient to use. You can lay down cash and win big today with my bookie. I'd only recommend it if I use it. You got Vikings and Rams tonight, I actually like the Vikings. I think they're going to bounce back short week. The Rams have injuries in their secondary. I have a feeling that the Minnesota Vikings are going to handle their business and bounce back tonight. Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen, good luck trying to guard those guys with back-up corners. But uh, my bookie has in-game betting, live betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business. And if you're a fantasy footballer like me, You can even bet the over under on how many fantasy points a player will score each game. Join now and MyBookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar with promo code LOCKEDON25. All you got to do is use promo code LOCKEDON25 and MyBookie is going to hook you up and activate that offer. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E and don't forget to use the promo code LOCKEDON25 when creating your account to claim the bonus. You play, you win, you get paid with MyBookie. Again, MyBookie online, promo code LOCKEDON25. Welcome back into the Locked On Bengals podcast. Let's get to my conversation with Dave Lapham. I caught up with him yesterday on ESPN 1530. Here's how it sounded. How impressive has Sam Humbert been through his uh his first 3 weeks as a pro?
3: Very impressive. You know, I think he's way ahead of the curve. Uh, you know, he and Willis, Willis was the same way as a rookie last year. They they have the personality uh, and the approach to the game of a ten-year veteran. I mean, they are very serious-minded professionals. You know, uh, they're going to give you everything they they, they have, and and uh, it's important to them to be a professional football player. They don't look at as a, as a right; they look at that as a privilege, and they uh, that's the way they handle their business. And and uh, it, it, honestly, Sam Sam has performed above expectations, I think, or at least matched their expectations, which I think were pretty high when they took him coming out of Ohio State, and I. I do know that he was absolutely crushed that uh, one of those two plays that he had at the down the stretch of the game could have blocked the punt, just take the punt. Actually, could have tackled the punter <laughs> instead <laughs> of uh, letting him punt it. Uh, he, you know that one, and then the fumble when Carlos Dunlap had the strip sack, the fumble that slipped out from his grasp. Uh, e- either one of those, if he makes one of those two plays, could be a different ball game. But you know, they didn't go his way. Game of inches didn't go his way, and uh, as a as a local guy. Growing up a Bengals fan, he was bitterly disappointed and crushed about it, for sure.
2: You mentioned local guys, and the Bengals, they go out and they sign Adolphus Washington, a local kid, went to Taft High School, went to Ohio State, was drafted in the third round in 2016 by the Buffalo Bills. They did that to re- replace or try to fill the shoes of a guy who I think was having a breakout season in Ryan Glasgow, who tore his ACL on Sunday. A Huge bummer for Glasgow, but what do the Bengals like about Adolphus Washington?
3: Yeah, you know, first of all glasgow is the nuts and bolts guy he's the slugger the mauler the tough guy up front of the defensive group um plays above his physical attributes as you would say i mean he's an overachiever and to lose him is a blow because he i thought up front he played the best of anybody including geno atkins uh, up wow. and down the line of scrimmage on a snap by snap basis last week uh, down there in carolina to lose him i think is a crushing blow and Adolphus Washington is a is a huge kid that obviously is a great athlete. Remember we remember how well he played basketball, not only football for Taft. I mean he was he was a prominent member of the of a really, really successful basketball team during his high school career. So he's a very gifted uh young man athletically and I don't know what happened in Buffalo. Third round pick and he was getting a lot of burn, getting playing time and um you know, he didn't he didn't perform well. In their in their opener when they get destroyed forty seven to three and they let him go he's on Dallas's practice squad and and uh, now the Bengals pluck him off that practice squad and maybe a new start back at his hometown uh, might be just what the doctor ordered we'll see how it unfolds
2: Dave Lapham is with us today on ESPN fifteen thirty let's get into My number one concern on yesterday's show, I was just talking about concerns, uh, and I want to ask you about the offensive line. The number one offseason concern, to me, that's dropped down the list at least a little bit three weeks into the year Number one going into Atlanta for me is injuries. Uh, let's start with A.J. Green. What's what what's up with A.J. Green? What injury is it? Because I know initially it was the groin, and, and then he mentioned after the game that they thought it was bruising. So so what's ailing A.J. Green? And, and right now I know we're uh, multiple days away from from the Falcons game, but do you think he's going to suit up Sunday?
3: I think he'd definitely like to play. Julio Jones is his guy. They work out together. Yeah, um, you know Atlanta is 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 where his a lot of his roots are. You know he was born and raised in South Carolina, but Atlanta's is uh, kind of like a second home to him as such. Um, so I think it's important for him that that he wants to play personally. But if your body's saying you can't, you can't. If the mind says go, no, the body says no. Uh, sometimes, you know, that's the, you have to follow the body, obviously, and uh, medical would be a big factor in it, uh, the, the doctors and trainers and that sort of thing, but what he did was when he fell on, that, uh, fell on the ground, and, and remember now, we're talking natural grass, so fortunate it wasn't, you know, an artificial turf surface, or it would be even worse, because he landed very awkwardly right on the hip, and it's like a hip pointer. When you get hit on your hip, right on the point of the hip bone, you get bruising there, and you got a hip pointer as such. And uh, when he fell as awkwardly as he did, you know, your skeletal system kind of compresses, and and now now his hip get pushed in, and and the uh, pubic bone on the inside of of the hip, you know, is bruised up a little bit. So that's where the groin area. They thought, boy, is that is that his groin, or what is that? And, um, it, it's not it's not the groin muscle. It's all it's all skeletal system stuff. It's all. Structural in the, in the bone, in the skeletal system, and see the, you know, you get bruising in there. Is it a bone bruise? Is it just bruising of the soft tissue? What is it? And, you uh, know, how long will it take? That's all to be determined. He's day to day. But I know if there's any way he can play,
2: he's going to play. Dave Lapham is with us today on ESPN 1530. Uh, a couple of other injuries. Obviously, the the Bengals are going to be without Von Tez He still has one game left on that suspension. Preston Brown's a guy who it sounded like he was going to play Sunday, uh, unable to go. Do you expect him back out there this week against uh, the Falcons?
3: Yeah, I do, but I've been disappointed because I thought he might make the dance against Carolina, particularly again on grass. You know, with it not being on turf, that might be a better surface to come back on when you're in the final stages of nursing and injury and, and you're thinking, eh, you know, I, I'm really, really close. Sometimes playing on that type of surface is the is the, uh, the final uh, piece of the decision-making process that allows you to, to play. So when he didn't, I'm thinking, man, I hope it's not a high ankle sprain. You know, they talked about him just rolling his ankle. Well, you know, you roll your ankle, it's, it, it, it can be problematic, obviously, but it, not as problematic as a high ankle sprain where your tibia and fibula pull apart and, and the membrane in the middle there and the soft tissue, that becomes uh, a real problem. So. Hopefully it's nothing like that, and, and uh, you know, I think he'll probably be day-to-day. To day day. to day. I, think, I think both A.J. and uh, Preston Brown, and Michael Johnson, for that matter, with his knee, I think all those guys will be maybe limited in participation, and hopefully by the end of the week, uh, maybe full participation and, and maybe be able to go. We'll see. It, it, literally, I think, with those three guys is on a day-to-day basis.
2: More on the, the Bengals defense, a couple more questions for, for Dave Lapham here on ESPN 1530. I think some fans are surprised by the lack of, of sacks from that defensive line. I know Cam Newton in that Panthers offense, certainly unique. Uh, how do you feel about the, the Bengals defensive line and what they've done through three weeks this season?
3: Well, I I think that uh, the the game, obviously, that that stands out the most in terms of where were you was last week against Carolina because it's a makeshift offensive line. Uh, There are two uh, tackles that had been in the Pro Bowl or on injury reserve. And then their right guard, who had been a Pro Bowl player, was was deactivated with a concussion. So you're thinking you get three Pro Bowl components missing in a makeshift group you know, put together with Band-Aids and uh, Clark, the guy that played left tackle, he was there three days, started one game. Now 10 days, starts a second game against the Bengals. And, I mean, they do a good job, a hell of a job. I think the Bengals' defensive game plan uh, ably assisted. I thought that they did too much slanting and stunting up front. And a lot of times if you, uh, if you get picked off, and that's going to create a natural seam, a natural gap, particularly if the linebackers aren't aggressive enough and the linebackers were nowhere near aggressive enough. So I thought the scheme wasn't very good. I thought the execution of the scheme was even worse. And uh, and the fact that there was an adjustment, no adjustment to it, was bothersome. So uh, a lot of phases there. It was a stinker. They just had a stinker defensively, and uh, I think the defensive line might have smelled as, as bad as any of them. Uh, they just didn't didn't get the job done. Uh, but the, when you're getting run on 41 times, it's hard. You have to play the run first. It's hard to generate that pass rush because a lot of those uh, passes are right off that same look, right off of that you know that zone read RPO type stuff where. You know, he's got a mesh going with McCaffrey, and the mesh has hurt, hurt him so many times. Now it, it slows down your pass rush. And North Turner's done a great job of getting the ball out of Cam Newton's hands a lot faster than he, than he ever has. And uh, he's getting the ball out in a very, very timely fashion. And he was getting it out to his back out of the backfield, Christian McCaffrey. 14 catches the week before, 12 of them out of the backfield. In this game, he only caught it twice because he ran it 28 times right down their throats, a lot of them right between the tackles. So um, just a poor effort by the defense, coaches, players, everybody, and the defensive line was right at the head of the pack.
2: Dave Lapham is with us. You can catch him and Dan Horde for Bengals game plan tonight on ESPN 1530 from 6 to 8, or you can go meet them in person and watch the show at Goodfellows on Beachmont Avenue. Rookie defensive lineman Sam Hubbard will be there as well. Uh, Dave, how concerning is it that Drake Kirkpatrick is the second most targeted cornerback in the NFL through three weeks?
3: Well, I think it says a lot about William Jackson. <laughs> First, yeah. I think that I think they want to stay away from him, and uh, and I think they feel like the easier path, of the easiest course to take, obviously, is to is to test Drake Kirkpatrick. Um, I also feel that that so much cushion, uh, particularly in Carolina, uh, so much cushion was being given. Um, and Cam Newton took advantage of that. I, I think I think these corners were all been drafted to play press coverage, get up in the line of scrimmage, and, uh, and reroute guys and be bothersome to guys. And that's what they. That's why the Bengals took them as high as they did in the first round. And I think they should maybe utilize that skill set uh, a little bit more. And, uh, and you know, Dre Dre was making mention of it earlier in the week that the Carolina Panthers did make a nice adjustment and uh, limited the amount of times they could go into press coverage because they were bunching their receivers. And then you can run a lot of uh, crossing routes and a lot, of, a lot of movement off the line of scrimmage out of your routes because everything's bunched up and they tighten their splits down and didn't have as much separation between receivers. So you can, you know, quote, pick, rub guys and uh, cause some uh, space uh, to be generated that way, some separation for receivers. So can't, the Carolina Panthers, North Turner, had an outstanding game plan, both running the football and throwing the football. And the Bengals' defensive game plan, as we talked about, I think on, on both sides of it, against the running against the pass, kind of fell into the hands of North Carolina saying, wow, this, uh, this, is, this is right what the doctor ordered. We'll, we'll take advantage of this. And they did time after time after time. Never really did stop the
2: Carolina Panther offense. We'll get back to my interview with Dave Lapham in just a second. But first, I got to tell you about the athletic because the athletic. Well, it is awesome and it's going to give you the sports content you have been looking for. No pop-up ads. It's a subscription-based service that's going to give you the latest and greatest Bengals news, NFL news, NBA news, Major League Baseball news, and the best part is is you're going to get 40% off your subscription instead of paying $5, 6, 7, 8 299. That's it. You get 40% off 299 to a subscription um, to The Athletic. All you got to do is go to theathletic.com slash locked on Bengals and you get to read Joe Goodberry. You get to read Jay Morrison. Joe joins us every single week during our weekly Bengals film reviews. Get that in so much more in word form. There's only so much we can talk about on the podcast. He gets to all of it with his work at The Athletic. Plus, Jay Morrison, who covers the Bengals. Jay Glazer, a bunch of national writers. Mo Egger writes about the Bengals a lot. Check it out. Go to theathletic.com. Slash Locked On Bengals for 40% off. Again, theathletic.com/slash on Bengals.
1: If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
2: Dave, obviously John Ross has been a topic on, on every radio show we've had on this station since Sunday. It's been a topic uh, w- with all the media outlets in the city. When he does what he did Sunday... Uh, or didn't do, uh, for that matter. What, uh, is there a chance he's inactive this week? Do, do you think it, it could be uh, a similar situation to what happened after the, the Titans game last year where he stopped on a route and kind of got put in Marvin Lewis's doghouse? What, what is your opinion and, and feel of how this John Ross situation is going to play out going into, a, into a, this game against Atlanta?
3: Well, I, I think with the uncertainty of A.J. Green, physically and uh if you if you deactivate john ross who's stretching the field for you and i guess you can malone and cody core can can do it um i think cody core's role may increase and you know a guy's role that might increase is alex erickson because what what john ross did was the ultimate in not being reliable and accountable and the guy who is the utmost reliable and accountable player on the football team, always where he's supposed to be, when he's supposed to be there, doing what he's supposed to do is Alex Erickson. So His role may increase. And that's all a quarterback wants. A quarterback wants his receiver to be where he's supposed to be, when he's supposed to be there, doing what he's supposed to do. And now you have trust. And trust is the biggest word in any relationship. And if you start to lose trust, man, you get to do everything you can to get it back and then more. Because that's 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 huge that's that's massive john not only stopping his route as the primary receiver that's the thing he was the first receiver in that play the number one look and Andy went to him immediately and the number one guy in the in the route tree stopped and bottom line is every receiver is supposed to attack the football if you don't catch it you make sure the other guy doesn't and if you don't do that that's that's a huge huge issue and if you stop your route, even if he wasn't the number one guy, say his responsibility was to clear a path. He's supposed to, 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 to totally take defenders out of the zone. And he stops his route, and the defender stays in that zone. And then the guy who's the intended receiver comes on a little cross underneath, and his, the guy who's covering John Ross because he stops comes off of him and makes an interception. I mean, there's assignments, responsibilities, every single play. Sometimes you're the primary, sometimes you're not. But you have to do what you're supposed to do. When, when to me, the mark of a good receiver is when nobody's looking. When the ball didn't come to you, how did you run your route? Did you come off the line of scrimmage and just choke it down and not do anything? How did you block? When, nobody's, when you don't have the ball in your hands and your teammate does, what did you do for your teammate? Did you block anybody or did you just choke it down and do nothing? It's, it's a great player is a great player because he does what he's supposed to do when the camera's not on him and people aren't watching and that's what John Ross has to understand and realize to become a true professional in this NFL. And it's surprising to me because, you know, it didn't show up at Washington mm-hmm. and he's the guy that volunteered to play cornerback. When the corners were injured at university of Washington, he put his hand up and he's like, I'll go out there. And he went out there. He was playing cornerback. Okay. So and now you're saying this guy's got some football in him. You know, I think it's just totally surprising to me how this whole thing has unfolded. And he has to snap out of it. You know, hopefully this is the bottom of the, you know, it, it's the valley, and now he's going to climb up to a high peak because man, he can't let it sink any lower than it has now. It's just totally stunning to see what's happening to this guy.
2: Yeah, I, I'm with you, Lap And yesterday I, I talked about it, and he has 85 career snaps, and I, I get fans wanting Auden Tate or saying Cody Core, or Josh Malone, but but to me, two things. One is as much as we've seen him, and in, in as bad as it's been, it's still 85 total snaps. Two, he needs to respond the right way. If he's going to be truly uh, a good player in the NFL, not even great, a good player, he's going to be able to bounce back from from getting chewed out in the film room and getting destroyed, and he's going to be able to bounce back and do what he did at Washington. You're right, because that's why I was so high on him when the Bengals drafted him, is because none this was not him. And to me, it it's going to tell the story in what might – Uh, Seal the deal for John Ross one way or the other is how he responds, how he is in meeting rooms, how he tries to earn back that trust. His response to me uh, will speak volumes uh, for this team and and for him in his future success or lack thereof.
3: If I'm John Ross, the first thing I would have done on Monday was go apologize to Andy Dalton, go apologize to my position coach, Bob McNell, go apologize to Marvin Lewis, the head coach, apologize to my position room the receiver room, apologize to the team. I would, I would just have been as humble and as, as apologetic as I possibly could be. And then words are one thing. That's a start. And then go out and bust your butt. Because honestly, if I'm a teammate and I'm, I'm blocking uh one Short, I'm Clint Bowling, and I'm busting my butt to try to block this all-pro defensive tackle, and it's been a long day at the office, and I'm trying to keep him away from Andy Dalton one more time. And Andy Dalton throws the ball down the football field. And you do that? I'm Clint Bowling. I just say to him, dude, you just totally disrespected me and everything I'm trying to do. You cannot have a player on the football team when everybody else is grinding and busting their butts to do what you're supposed to do. Do that. And, you know, I, you know, I, I know I'm old school. I know I played a long time ago. But <laughs> Paul Brown and Tiger Johnson, when that, that kind of thing happened, what they would do would be set the film projector, 16-millimeter film back in those days, set the projector at that play, turn all the lights out to start the team meeting. Turn all the lights out, run it. Forward, reverse, with a, with a narrow pointer, right on John Ross. Not say a word. Everybody else in the team is getting more pissed and more pissed every time they see the play. And, uh, you know, that, that, you talk about peer pressure, that stuff never <laughs> happened again. And uh, you you do, you have to call guys out, and they have to make the correction. It's up to them, though. They're the ones that have to do it. He has to decide, I'm not doing this ever again. I'm going to turn over a new leaf. I'm going to be a different guy with my work ethic, with my toughness, with whatever it has to be, because you have all the physical skill in the world. But I guess maybe at Washington during his collegiate career, he's never tested. He never had big adversity issues to deal with. If this is the first big adversity thing he's had to deal with, you crumbled. You can't crumble. Learn from it and move on.
2: Dave Lapham is with us. You can catch him and Dan Horde for Bengals game plan tonight on ESPN 1530 from 6 to 8 p.m. They'll be at Goodfellows on Beachmont Avenue with Sam Hubbard as their special guest. So uh, go out and see them in person. Lap, uh, speaking of turning the page, I, I don't think anyone on this roster has the, turned the page more than Tyler Boyd. He's been all over the field. I call him Andy Dalton's safety net. I just feel like on third down, he's as comfortable throwing to Boyd as anyone on this team. When you pop on the film, and I I know you talked to him on Bengals line earlier this week, what's the biggest difference with Tyler Boyd now versus where Boyd was a season ago?
3: I think it's uh, confidence. You know, I I think, honestly, (laughs) referencing John Ross, Tyler Boyd can give him a manual Howard Boyd can say, hey, John Ross, you saw it last year. Look what happened to me. Look at the situation I got in. You know, I had some legal issues with respect to that situation. I got in the doghouse. I just had a, I had a lost year, man. But I went and finished the year strong. I went and did – I had that play that won us a game with Andy Dalton against the Baltimore Ravens. Got national acclaim. Got a lot of money raised from my foundation because of that play from the uh, fans of Buffalo look at what look at what's happened and then and then what i did was i had a breakout training camp and now i'm building on that that's the that's the that's the handbook that's what you have to do john ross i recovered from a from a a bad situation last year and look what look what's happened to me you can do it you have have as much if not more ability than i do do you have the intangibles you know are you gonna are you gonna be tough-minded and grind through it and 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 get your get your career turned around. I think I think, and I mentioned we mentioned that to Tyler Boyd, you know, during uh, Bengals line, and you know he kind of looked at me and goes, yeah, you know, I kind of you know never really thought about that, but it is, it's true. I mean, he's a he's a great storyline for his teammate John Ross. He doesn't have to go far to try to find somebody that can lead him down that proper path because Tyler Boyd did exactly that from last year to this year. And again, the interesting thing to me is. Tyler Boyd had a breakout training camp. So did John Ross. Yeah. Um, we're not going to go back there again. He just didn't build off his training camp. But, yeah, Tyler Boyd, I think confidence is the reason he's playing so well this year. And Andy Dalton has extreme uh, all-time all trust level <laughs> in, in Tyler Boyd, as well as A.J. Green, obviously. But that's the thing. I mean, look, at, look, at what look what they did when the play was off schedule. When Andy Dalton got out of pocket and it was improvisational. Tyler Boyd and Andy Dalton were on the exact same page, not the same volume of the encyclopedia, the exact same page of the volume. (laughs) So that's what can happen. And uh, I I credit Tyler Boyd for for letting that happen, letting that develop, and uh, reaping the benefits of it. I I give him nothing but uh, applause and tip my cap to him.
2: I got a couple more questions for you, Dave, and you've been great with your time. I'll be quick here. One young player that stood out to me through three weeks. Kind of been under the radar outside of the, the interception against Baltimore, but I think Jesse Bates has fared well. I thought he tackled well the other day against Carolina in a game that not many players tackled well, and I know that was the not coming out uh, of the draft when he was coming out of Wake Forest is whether or not he could tackle. What are your impressions through three weeks uh, of Jesse Bates?
3: The only two guys that I gave pluses to on the defense um, for, the, for the effort in the football game were Carlos Dunlap and Jesse Bates. So wow. Carlos Dunlap flashed and made plays. Jesse Bates wasn't able to flash as much, but he made plays. He's, like you said, James, he, he's tackling, and that was the big question on him. Everybody said, you know, this guy can track the football. He can make plays. I mean, you know, he's he's uh, he's athletic. He's smart, but will he hit you? Yes, he will. <laughs> and um, I think I think he's at, at least met, in, in my mind, exceeded expectations as a starter. I mean, they moved George Iloka was a. A little bit of a surprise, controversial move in some people's eyes. Not, not for the organization. They said we wanted more athleticism back there. We wanted equal intelligence because George I. is is a smart cat now. It's like having a coach in the field. This young rookie is the same deal. He's cut from that cloth of football IQ uh, and communication skills, and he's younger and he's more athletic. So they knew what the hell they were doing.
2: Last question for you, Lap. As far as... Going to Atlanta, it's going to be a, a really tough place to play. I think that Falcons team just plays different at home inside that dome with that crowd. What are one or two keys for the Bengals this week to pick up their third victory of the season?
3: Well, I think you hit on one of them, uh, that crowd. The crowd is rabid. It's in a dome. You know, it was loud at Carolina. Carolina, since late 14, the only team that has a better uh, winning record at home than the Carolina Panthers New England Patriots. So that says a lot. Carolina's now won seven straight at home with their victory over the Bengals. That says a lot. Atlanta, same, same, uh, same dynamic. You know, the crowd noise. Uh, he, look, look what Bobby Hart struggled with. He said he had trouble with the silent count in Indianapolis. And Marcus Hunt beat him for two sacks. What the hell is Vic Beasley going to do out there, rushing against Bobby Hart with all the crowd noise? and he's having trouble with the silent snap count? Oh man! So that's the stuff. That's the stuff that you're you're worried about from an offensive standpoint. And that, and now defensively, you go from north to south pole. You go from this, you know, this real uh, difficult to read mesh RPO quarterback running back deal with a freak Cam and a freak McCaffrey to spread the field, Julio Jones. Ridley, Mohamed Sanu, Matt Ryan, you know, $30 million man, potential Hall of Famer, five touchdown passes last year. Man, there's a lot, there's a lot to uh, uh, forget and then relearn uh, as you prepare from one week to the next in the NFL. The Bengals are going to be tested with it.
2: Dave Lapham, Dan Hoard tonight for Bengals game plan. They're at Goodfellows on Beachmont Avenue. Sam Hubbard will join them. Make sure you, you go out and you see the guys, and if you can't, listen uh here on espn 1530 lap you're the man i really enjoyed this i'm sure i'll uh see you at some point this week but uh, i really appreciate your time today
3: look forward to seeing you james you're the best see you sir
2: good stuff there from dave lapham love talking to lap i could do it all day you could tell he's like love talking to you not really man you kept me way too long but i figured i would include all of that obviously the aj green stuff It's insight on the injury since that conversation with Lap Green has been a limited participant in practice, a full go today, and is expected to play this Sunday. So that is really good news. Joe Mixon will not play. I'm just letting you know now, Joe Mixon out this week. Uh, Billy Price out this week. But I'm still feeling better about their chances. You got A.J. Green. You have a quarterback in Andy Dalton who I think his confidence is really high. You have a defense that's going to get a boost with Preston Brown back. Um, I think it, it does. you still get a boost with Michael Johnson as well. Having that experience, especially after a guy like Ryan Glasgow is playing it so well, goes down, you need as many guys on that line as you can. have. Um, like it or not, I actually think Dre, that injury could be big. Because the, the Falcons, they're going to go three wides almost every play. I mean, you got Ridley, Julio Jones, Mohamed Sanu. They got pretty good tight ends there. They have a really good running back who reminds me a lot of Giovanni Bernard, honestly, and Tevin Coleman. I think this is about the pass rush, and I think this is about the offense. Pass rush is going to have to get after Matt Ryan and make him uncomfortable all day, and it's going to be easier said than done on the road against a a Falcons team that's just so much better. Again, so much better on the road or at home, and they're so much tougher. I would pick the Bengals if the game was at, at Paul Brown Stadium on Sunday. I mean, I wouldn't even think about it. I think the Falcons would take a serious step back. I don't think that'll be the case Sunday. So I think the keys are simple. You got to get to Matt Ryan and you got to score 30. i I'm, You You have to score 30 with AJ green. Now I think you got a chance. I don't think they can do that without Joe and without AJ, but since you're going to have AJ green, I think there's a chance that John Ross potentially has a factor. has a role in this game. I, I, I' been told he's going to be active. I've been told he's going to play. I think that the Bengals are going to kind of double down, give him a pat on the butt and say, "Go after it." And that's what I wrote about at lockedonbengals.com. is Marvin Lewis's approach with John this year versus last year. Again, you can check that out at lockedonbengals.com. Uh, overall, I, I think that this offense, if they get the 30 points and the defense can pressure Ryan, the Bengals will somehow find a way to win. I don't have that happening, though. Unfortunately, I just think that the Falcons' offense is going to be too good. I think the Bengals' offense is going to score. I think they're going to do a lot on offense, but it's not going to be enough. And it stinks to say, um, but, but I have the Atlanta Falcons winning this one, 31-27. I think it'll be close. Heck, the, the spread I think is five. I have the Bengals covering. Um, but I, I just expect, think about it. The, the Bengals are the worst third down team defensively in the league. And I know Atlanta's second worst, but they're at home. They're going to get a boost. They're going to get the crowd. They're going to get uh maybe some, some – uh, the benefit of everything that comes with playing at home. So the Bengals, they're seriously – like, they could outplay the Falcons and still lose 31-27. to That's how it is in Atlanta. That's how it is at that place. So – It'll be interesting to see. I'm James Erpine. This is the Locked On Bengals podcast. We'll be back at it Sunday after the game. I'll be in Atlanta. If you have any questions, you can email me. James Erpine at ESPN1530.com. Ask him on Twitter, at James Erpine, at Locked On Bengals. Don't forget, after the game, call the Locked On Bengals voicemail. We'll have your reaction to the game, whether win, lose, draw, doesn't matter. 513 666 0328. Again, that's the Locked On Bengals Voicemail. Have a great weekend. Back at it Sunday evening with your normal post-game podcast. Until then, I'll probably write about the Bengals and tweet about them. Have a great weekend, guys. I'll talk to you guys Sunday.
1: Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.